are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. I am so excited to record this episode, and when it publishes, we will be experiencing a new moon. So I hope that this entire episode gives you some sort of new ideas and inspiration to connect yourself with this energy. Not only do the moon cycles and the moon itself remind us to connect back with our own spirituality, but it also reminds us just to be in awe of the infinite wisdom of the universe and nature and all living beings. And it's just one of those fascinating things that no matter where you are in the world, you can experience the infinite wisdom and guidance of the moon. So I have so much information I want to share on this episode and I hope I'm able to unpack it in a way that is concise and completely um, inspiring for you to continue on your journey with utilizing the moon in your life and also in your yoga practice. So let's go ahead and get started. The moon cycle can be described as changes in appearance created by changing angles or positions of the moon in relation to the earth and the sun. It is believed that each phase has its own spiritual circumstances. We can actually compare the moon cycle to a seed starting to grow that later on dies for another new beginning. The moon reminds us to connect with our spiritual selves. My personal belief system is that we are all spiritual beings living a human experience. And just like the moon, life can be an illusion. Depending where the moon is in her cycle, she may shed light on our fears or desires or be dark and hidden. She reminds us to evolve, that life is in cycles. And we are also called to meditation and truth-seeking, setting intentions, goals, and sometimes just releasing the past or pure negativity. As well, we are called to rest and surrender. The moon also reminds us that repair and manifestation comes during sleep as the moon is all about the night energy. Our circadian rhythm, which is roughly those 24 hours in a day, also helps us to connect ourselves back to our infinite wisdom. And I will talk a little bit about that here in a bit. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about is the moon's effect on ocean tides. Now, it is believed that the moon's gravitational force also affects us humans as our bodies are made up of approximately 70% fluid. So when we think about that and we start to think about how we can ebb and flow through life and the energy of the moon, what it does during the new and the full moon with the oceans, maybe it's affecting us that way as well. Now this is all theory, but I love the concept and I love the idea of even just the moment you begin exploring these ideas, you might be able to just create more connection with yourself. And what's better than that, right? 
Now the gravitational pull of the moon and the sun makes the water in the oceans bulge, causing a continuous change between high and low tide. Now while both the moon and the sun influence the ocean tides, the moon plays the biggest role because it is so much closer to our planet than that of the sun. In fact, the tidal effect of the moon on Earth is more than twice as strong as that of the sun, even though the sun's gravitational pull on Earth is around 178 times stronger than that of the moon. Now the gravitational force of the moon and the sun pulls the water in the oceans upwards, making the oceans bulge, which creates these high tides in the areas of Earth facing the moon and on the opposite side. At the same time, in other parts of the planet, the ocean water drains away to fill up these bulges creating low tides in those areas. However, the moon's water is also constrained by the continents and varying ocean depths and all that fun stuff. And as a result, the tides behave more like water sloshing around in an oddly shaped bathtub than that of a smooth and even basin. Now, the high and low tides typically happen twice a day, except I believe in the Gulf of Mexico. So twice a day, you might actually have this gravitational pull on yourself. Now, tides are one of the most reliable phenomena in the world. And we know that they move in and out around twice a day, as I mentioned. A day on Earth is the time it takes our planet to spin once around its own axis and return to the same point under the sun. This is known as a solar day and it lasts around those 24 hours. However, the time it takes Earth to reach the same position in relation to the moon takes on average 24 hours and 50 minutes. So almost 25 hours. This is known as a lunar day and actually sometimes in the morning you can still see the moon. And I love that, so beautiful. So when we think about the lunar day um, being longer than the solar day, the moon revolves around Earth in the same direction as Earth rotates around its axis. So it takes Earth on average an additional hour or those 50 minutes to literally catch up to the moon. I love that. Now, because the tidal force of the moon is more than twice as strong as the sun's, the tides follow the lunar day, not the solar day. And it takes half a lunar day from one high tide to the next. And so if we have them twice a day, that gives you an idea, more or less, right? So that is more or less the idea of the ocean's effect with the moon and the sun and possibly our own body. So when we think about the circadian rhythm, I want to kind of tie this over. If you've ever noticed that you tend to feel energized and drowsy around the same times every day, you have your circadian rhythm to think. Now, your circadian rhythm is basically that 24-hour clock, but it's all internal and it's running in the background of your brain, okay? And it cycles between sleepiness and alertness at hopefully regular intervals. And this is known as your sleep-wake cycle. Now, most of us have our um, biggest dip in energy in the middle of the night and more energy um, you know, in the middle of the day, 
Okay, obviously. <laughs> but depending on um, if you're a night owl or a morning person, these dips and rises of your circadian rhythm might change depending on what you've trained your body to do. Now, remember that if you are all caught up on sleep because sleep works in a deficit type situation, so it's kind of like a bank account, you keep making withdrawals and you never make a deposit, then eventually you will be depleted or go negative or you can keep making deposits, okay? Or you can create a nice, hopefully, um, ebb and flow to tie back in the moon and the ocean. Now, um, if you are sleep deprived, you will notice these bigger swings of sleepiness and alertness, okay? So our brain controls this and outside factors like lightness and darkness can impact it. Our eyes send a signal to our brain for the most part and it tells us when it's time to feel tired and your brain in turn then sends that signal to your body to release melatonin which makes your body tired now that's why your circadian rhythm tends to coincide with the cycle of daytime and nighttime and that's also why it's so hard for shift workers to sleep during the day and stay awake at night um, also other issues in parts of the world that have continuous daylight or continuous darkness um, also of course affects the body. So as you can see, when you start to think about the moon, you start to think about the ocean, you start to think about your body, there's this beautiful connection in all of its wisdoms, right? So I just wanted to kind of quickly um, discuss that rhythm because it is all about understanding why anything just fill in the blank um, just understanding the why and seeking to understand okay now we have eight phases of the moon during any cycle which is typically during the cycle of a typical month okay for instance, just to simplify. Now we have the new moon, which introduces the first cycle. Then we have the waning, or excuse me, the waxing crescent. The first quarter is the third. The fourth phase is waxing gibbous. Fifth phase is full moon. Then the waning gibbous. Then the third quarter, and then the waning crescent. And I'll break these down a little bit more. Now, of course, you're probably most familiar with the new moon and the full moon. You might even be familiar with the first quarter and the third quarter, also known as the last quarter. But after today's episode, hopefully you are a little bit more in tune with what the other phases of the moon can offer your life, okay? Now, remember that each moon in the, remember that each moon in the month you're currently in may also have more significance. So we may be experiencing a blue moon as well, or a blood moon, or a wolf moon, or an eclipsing moon. So you'll want to actually um, track this, and there's tons of moon apps and other um, you know, astronomy type websites that will connect you, even astro astrological um, websites will connect you to this information. But those may have other deeper meanings of what the moon is representing for us at any given um, cycle. But we're just gonna talk about the overall here. I do wanna introduce these cycles on the podcast. So for every cycle, just reminding you the stuff that we're gonna talk about today, but for that cycle and also where we're at in that moon um, and just remind you to continue to observe and stay connected so um, be on the lookout because I will be beginning that as well and I'm super excited about it
Now, I wanted to also tie back in the ideal of yin and yang, and I won't go too deep into it because that could be a whole nother podcast, and, and it probably will at some point. But it's to simplify, it is a Chinese philosophy, and each moon phase also represents yin or yang, okay? And yin represents the feminine, dark, moon, passive, a time for rest and contemplation. And yang represents the male energy, creativity, sun, strength, and a time of doing. So action. And we could tie this back into our yoga practice, which I will as well. So believe it or not, um, the new moon starts off on a very young energy, a very um, strength and time of doing action-oriented um, energy. And then every phase from there on is yang, yin, yang, yin, yang, yin, yang, and ending with yin. So the new moon and the full moon are both yang energies. So if you only ever followed the new and full moons, just know that those are the times of doing, being, being action-oriented. But like I said, I will continue to break this down throughout the podcast. So that's a quick idea of yin and yang. To um, give you a little bit more of the information, you can even think that... Um, we have two halves that together complete wholeness, so it also can represent balance. And we want to always be in balance. We do not always want to live in this yin energy, nor do we always want to live in this yang energy. And if you've been listening to other episodes on this podcast, we have talked about Ayurveda, and we've talked about um, lots of other philosophies that kind of remind you of this philosophy we're we're just in different um, parts of cultures and the world but there's a lot of correlation and that's what's so beautiful about studying all of the human race now back to the moon cycles so let's begin with the first cycle and again when this episode is published you will be experiencing a new moon it's also known as a dark moon and during this phase which is yang you can tell yourself that you will set your intention and you will feel that intention in your body so the mantra is I set my intention and I feel my intention in my body now this is the beginning portion of the moon's phases. A new moon happens when the moon is located between the sun and the earth. And we typically cannot see a new moon since the dark side of the moon is facing the earth. New moons can create a solar eclipse where the moon blocks the sun's rays and creates a shadow on parts of the earth. Now in this phase, it is not visible to the earth as mentioned and the darkness denotes the beginning, an instinct for birthing. As a symbol, the seed is beneath the ground, representing the start of something new. At this phase, the energy builds in strength and intensity. It is the ideal time for you to set clear intentions and goals, start new projects or new ideas, and one can simply write it down or letting the universe know your goals and desires in some way 
prayer, meditation. The energy is greatly expanded when you create a ceremony or personal meditation as mentioned, stating your desires with utmost enthusiasm. So I personally love to journal, set my intentions in writing, and do a yoga practice that is in line with that intention. So just connecting back with myself. Um, but you can also, you know, congregate with other people and um, or do whatever makes sense for you. So if your intention is all about learning a new musical instrument, then maybe this is a good time to also take your first lesson, right? Um, but I'll talk about that when I break down the phases throughout the cycle on this podcast. I will actually get more in depth in how we can utilize the new moon energy in setting your intentions. All right, so I really love that. And again, this is yang energy, so we are going to be encouraged during this time to do more vinyasa flow and um, more meditation, maybe more vigorous pranayama or breathing techniques. And I'll talk more about yoga as it um, aligns with the moon as well um, in this particular episode. So the second phase is the waxing crescent. And this is the yin energy. And you will, your mantra during this phase is I relax into my intention. I breathe. Now, during the waxing crescent phase, the moon travels east in the sky. The waxing crescent phase of the moon begins once we can see a tiny sliver of the moon after a new moon. There are times when you might be able to see the rest of the moon as well, even if it is dark because of the phenomenon called earth shine in which the earth reflects sunlight to the moon. Oh, I love seeing that. This phase occurs a few days after a new moon. And after the new moon, the illuminated portion of the moon is increasing but less than half. So that little sliver, that little crescent. And thus it gets bigger and builds up in strength and intensity, signifying the sprouting growth of the seed. At this stage, there is more forward moving motion and a hope for something more to come. There is a gush of energy and the strength that propels you ahead that you can utilize. Moreover, plans, dreams, and ideas are growing, and it is at this time that you can identify your focus for growth and commitment. The time between the new and full moon is excellent to enact on the new intentions that you had set on the new moon. It is a time to be positive, motivated, and in its own little yin way, take very gentle caution. This is an energy expansion that supports new ideas and even the meeting of new people in your life. I love that. Now, the next phase is the first quarter or half moon, also known as, and your mantra is, I take discerning action to support my intention. So this is all about that yang energy. It's all about taking action. You may begin to feel some resistance in the form of obstacles. You need to be prepared for challenges and to make decisions on the spot and not lose your cool when things come out, come at you out of nowhere. And be flexible. This is a time to be flexible. This is also a great time to visit your journal or to make to-do lists and check things off of them. 
Um, <clears throat> I like that the idea is that you are to be flexible. So obviously you can have a very flexible, um, inspired, flow, young energy yoga practice. So I really, um, I enjoy that concept. Now the next phase of the lunar cycle is the first quarter as mentioned. And during this phase, we can see half the moon or we can see that half the moon is illuminated, should I say. And the name first quarter comes from the fact that at this stage, the lunar cycle is one fourth of the way completed obviously and not everyone will see the same halves of the moon lit up during this phase primarily because it depends on your location so some people may see the right half illuminated while others see the left half illuminated now this phase is also called the half moon since it is illuminated one half and increasing the seed is now starting to make roots and the forward growth of the plant structure at this phase it symbolizes a period of strength determination focus decision-making or reevaluation and commitment to action. Remember to keep moving forward despite the fears, doubts, or any emotions that can get in the way. Utilize any emotional energy into a creative passion that you can achieve tasks and finish goals. I love that. The fourth phase is the waxing gibbous moon, and your mantra is, I trust that the perfect intention is combining into form at the perfect time. This is some beautiful yin energy. This is all about refinement. This phase allows you to reevaluate, make some adjustments and edits, and we may even need to give up something and change direction completely. You might also be called to make sacrifices and do not resist any change during this phase, okay? This phase essentially covers the time between the first quarter phase and the full moon phase. The words waxing gibbous describe what the phase is, uh, describes this phase pretty well. The waxing means growing larger and the word gibbous refers to the shape. So waxing gibbous essentially means growing shape. The moon will get more and more illuminated until the moon is fully illuminated, which starts the next phase. Now, after the first quarter, the illuminated portion is still increasing, but now it's more than half. And at this phase, there are buds preparing to bloom. This indicates developmental stage where ideas and plants can be cultivated and refined before the next step. It represents gaining and attaining. It can be applied to what you wish to gain and develop, such as friends, wealth, skills, and the like. The fifth stage is the full moon. And our intention here, or our mantra is, I move ahead with my intention now, or I accept that my intention was not for the best at this time. I release it and course correct now. Again, this is yang energy and this is all about harvesting. We are fighting to find balance during this phase as the sun and moon are on the opposite sides of the earth at this point. So emotions can definitely run high. It's important not to get overly emotional or attached to anything during this phase. Even though we have some challenges during the full moon, we also should begin to reap the benefits of our hard work that has taken place up to this point. Make sure you are prepared and open to receiving. So this is a good time to keep your palms facing toward the sky during your yoga practice. And remember, this is yang energy, so having that beautiful full moon um, 
uh, flow would be really nice. I mean, you could take a moon flow during any of these phases and add to that um, salutation, you know? So as you probably already know, full moon is when the entire moon face is completely illuminated by the sun. Full moons occur when the sun and moon are on opposite sides of the earth, as I mentioned, and technically the moon is only 100% illuminated by the sun for a few moments. But this phase also covers when the moon looks full but isn't. A lunar eclipse can also take place during this time. Now, when the moon is at its closest point to the earth in its orbit, it is called a supermoon. And at its farthest point, it is called a micromoon. Now, we hear about supermoons all the time, but hardly ever about the micromoon. Another cool thing that occasionally happens during a full moon is when the moon passes through our Earth's shadow called a lunar eclipse. Now, I was just talking about this. Now, during a lunar eclipse, the moon will be a reddish color like, um, well, you can definitely look this up, but just it's, it kind of reminds you of that blood moon. Now, at this phase, um, the moon, earth, and sun are aligned like the new moon, but the moon is, of course, on the other side, directly opposite of the sun, but it's like a really cool thought, a really cool picture. So. The entire illuminated portion can be seen on earth, full and round, and the seed is at full bloom as well. So full moon, full seed at full bloom, okay? This represents fertility as well, transformation, completion, and abundance. So just think of a beautiful flower in bloom. This period is called waning also because there is a diminishing energy and it is an ideal time to also let go of anything that doesn't support your higher purpose. Things you want to let go of, release, or end, okay? It could be anything from relationships, jobs, thoughts, to emotions. It is a time for guidance, healing, and magic. And an evening before this phase can be perfect for recharging your energy. Sit outside and bask in the moonlight. Also, if you use crystals or you have meaningful jewelry or anything else like that, you can also expose that to the moon to cleanse and charge with the moon's energy if that's within your philosophies. Now, be careful for the full moon's downside, including tension, polarity, and intense thoughts and emotional behavior. Deviate that extreme energy by putting your thoughts in paper and performing a releasing ceremony. So one of the things that I've done is write down all the things I'm feeling, especially if it's heavy, heavy emotional type stuff, and just simply burning it through a candle or through a fireplace, um, something of that nature. You can also release it into water and let the water dissolve that energy as well, remembering that the moon connects us back to the ocean. So the sixth phase is the waning gibbous moon and your mantra is, I feel grateful that my intention is coming into form in the perfect way. I receive with gratitude. This is a very yin energy. It's very grateful. It's all about sharing and enthusiasm. You may be feeling full of love and wanting to expand that emotion onto others. This is a great time to volunteer, to give back, to treat someone with something special, or just to celebrate with others. This is also a time where you may spend more money or shower people with more gifts or attention or really 
lose track of time so you might want to be a little bit mindful of that as well like we covered above with all of the other um, cycles waxing means increasing and waning means decreasing so in this case the waning gibbous moon means that the shape is starting to decrease the waning gibbous phase lasts until the moon is half illuminated so thinking that after the maximum illumination of that full moon the light gradually begins to decrease during this time the moon is more than one half but not fully illuminated and of course continuing to decrease as the moon appears to be getting smaller it is a good time to focus on getting rid of bad habits stresses or negative thinking which is a theme throughout the cycles this is also known as dissemination moon which brings about energy for better communication revelation and completion i also love the idea that this is a good time to be in community um to just essentially um continue to journal that have a gratitude journal um you kind of begin to get the idea that this is just a really cool phase where you're probably going to have if you're really in tune with the moon that is a lot of connection to this phase so i love this and i also love the next phase i'm going to um, describe in a moment because both are typically not discussed if you don't follow the patterns and the cycles but they both have this beautiful energy. This energy is all about community and giving. And the next is all about um, really just uh, not getting stuck. So let's go ahead and let's transition. Now in the yin phase, the grateful phase, um, again, for your yoga practice, yin yoga, a, a nice relaxing um, practice where you can be in meditative introspection um, and just maybe even just practicing the other seven limbs of yoga remembering that there's eight limbs of yoga as well so eight limbs of yoga eight cycles of the moon now the seventh cycle is the last quarter also known as the third quarter moon or also another half moon it's just illuminated on the opposite side now the mantra can be that now that I am receiving my intention, I give back from a place of abundance. This is yang energy, so it's all about releasing, which is actionable, letting go and forgiving. Any hurt or anger that you have experienced during this cycle, let it go. This is a great time to release that. Do not get stuck. I love the idea of this too shall pass. Great time to cleanse your body, your insides, your home, um, even bad people out of your life. Look at anything that is not serving your higher self and let it go, including emotional and physical clutter. And this is a really great time to begin a new physical fitness activity or plan because just letting go of even excess weight that maybe has been caused by emotions. Now, this phase is basically the exact opposite of the first quarter moon, and that is where the moon is half lit up in the sky. It also signals when the lunar phase is, of course, 
three quarters of the way completed. So in this phase, it is another half moon decreasing in illumination instead of increasing in illumination. And at this time, the seeds planted were grown and harvest reaped. It is the point where you stop, contemplate, introspect, reflect, and reevaluate for the future. There is a sense of thinking about what has been accomplished and getting rid of the negative thoughts and energy for good in preparation for another new beginning. This allows you to focus and have a higher universal perspective, and this also allows for creativity and growth for the next stage of goals and new intentions. So very creative energy. And again, remembering that this is all about yang and letting go, your practice can really be all about that as well um, just releasing energy this is a good time to maybe be upside down and inversions as well so the last phase is probably one of my favorites it's the waning crescent moon and your mantra is i reflect with thanks i rest i restore very yin energy here all about surrender surrendering to it all and I love the serenity prayer during this phase. It just kind of reminds you to accept the things that you cannot change and rest and recuperate. You may feel empty, more empty than normal during this time, and you need to relax. No action, no new intentions, just compassion for where you are in life. Reflection and reflecting is good. Continue journaling. Treat yourself to a hot bubble bath or connect with nature on a walk or go for a swim if possible in a lake or an ocean. And of course, this is another great time to do a nice yin yoga, a restorative yoga practice. And some things will always be out of your control and you must allow fate to to just take its course. This is the final stage of the lunar cycle as mentioned, and this phase starts when the sun illuminates less than half of the moon and continues on until the new moon phase, till we're back at that dark moon. Now during this phase, we can also see the effect of earth shine, just like we can during the new moon phase. Now this phase ends when the new moon and the, or excuse me, when the moon and the sun rise at the same time. Isn't that cool? Which starts the lunar cycle over again, starting with the new moon. Now, since this moon is partly illuminated and it's decreasing until the light's completely gone, it is also the end for the old cycle and the start of approaching for the new one. It is a time to detach from the world and rest yourself as mentioned. It is a time to also think things over and contemplate which the things you should let go and which ones you should keep. And it's also a time to prepare for the start of the new beginning, just getting yourself back in mind, body, spirit, and back in connection. So those are all the phases technically as we think about the moon. Now, why and how does it affect our mind and body? Well. We talked about a lot of that when we talked about the ocean and the circadian rhythm and how we are in cycle ourselves, okay? Now, I wanted to kind of transition this next part of the um, episode into women and our moon cycles. So I might make this two-part just to kind of keep it really clear and concise, but essentially, just to kind of... Um, 
bring some light into it women have always been connected to the moon we have our moon cycle which is very much connected to the cycles of the moon and especially if you understand the idea of allowing your body to really go through its ovulation cycle um, completely naturally meaning you're not on any hormones i.e. birth control pills that would prevent that ovulation process from being authentic to your body or even in some cases to even completely formulate. So if you are in fact able to experience your full ovulation process in your body, um, you can really then connect yourself rather if, if only in thought to the cycles of the moon, but also quite frankly and quite possibly to the actual moon phases. A lot of times women will naturally through our own instincts and wisdoms of our bodies connect with either the new or the full moon and in ancient um, history there were uh, thoughts about women who um, menstruated during the new moon versus the full moon which I will talk about possibly in the next episode but for now I just wanted to kind of start to unpack the idea that we do um, have our own phases as women who are in the menstruation cycles with the moon. So I hope you tune back in for that next episode. Um, now, in addition to that, I will talk about how we sync with the moon and the wisdoms of that. So um, it should be pretty exciting. And last but certainly not least, some of the most awesome yoga poses um, that we can think about when we're trying to align ourselves with the lunar cycle is during the new moon, maybe incorporating child's pose into your practice. Um, remembering that the new moon brings the darkest night of the cycle. And so it's a great time to rest and reflect and child pose allows you to do just that. Again, I will talk about this when I actually break down the cycles on this podcast. Now in the waxing crescent on um, the next phase, high crescent lunge is really great. So you can actually really feel like you are waxing. You are starting to illuminate in a bigger way. Now in the next phase, the half moon phase, you can actually go into half moon, which is really cool. Um, and you can do that in any of the next phases, to be honest. You can take half moon, you can take yourself into pyramid pose. Any type of spine alignment to tail is really awesome. Um, but again, I will break that down in some cool ways. Full moon, doing bow poses or full will poses, things of that nature, almost looking like you yourself are a moon floating in the sky. And when you start to wane, you can start to find yourself in more grounding postures as well. And um, all the way until you're back to self-reflection. So definitely look out for those episodes where we really break down the phases and I connect them back to yoga. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I didn't go too much on a ramble or a tangent as I am super excited to talk about the moon and um, continue to dive deeper on the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast, connecting ourselves with our spiritual sides, with our mind and our bodies, and with just ideas that are infinite. 
As I always say, faith is my grace. Love is the highest vibration. Go in peace, everyone. Enjoy this new moon. Set your intentions. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.